My guest this week is Jim Palumbo from Dynamic Advisor Solutions. We talk about the benefits of integrated service platforms to bring focus and growth to financial planning firms. Welcome to episode 237 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. You know, when you run a business, it's easy to get tied up in the business of doing business rather than doing what you're in business for. This week, my guest, Jim Palumbo, who's designed a whole back office suite to support financial planners, talks about just that, how to free yourself up from the business of doing business to focus on growth and doing what you're in business to do. So let's get into that interview with Jim right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Jim, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. It's great to be here, Roger. Jim, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from today? Now, of course, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado in the United States. Fantastic. And that means there's seven hours difference between us. I think it's early in the morning for you, and it's late in the afternoon for me. Jim, your background is fascinating. You you started out as a financial advisor, and you still do, and you still have financial advice clients. But recently, you've built a different sort of business, actually helping other financial advisors advisors do all the other business elements of running a financial advisor firm. And I think that'd be really fascinating to dig a little bit deeper into that story and how you got there and how you built that new business and, and maybe where the inspiration for that came from. But before we get there, uh, maybe give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, and, and basically what makes Jim Palumbo tick. Well, thank you, Roger. It's a pleasure to be here. I was actually born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City, ended up uh, in seminary, believe it or not, and ultimately found myself teaching at Logos College. And one of the most uh, popular courses, I, I love teaching, you know, homiletics, hermeneutics, and history. And uh, However, the more popular course was the, the course on finance. Hmm. And uh, people were, were really obviously drawn to the, the subject because there's such a need for advice, people want to understand, they want to understand their, their personal finance, how many works, how to be successful, um, how to get out of trouble financially. And uh, so those uh, those classes led to inquiries, which led to counseling and coaching, which ultimately led me to, to decide to register as an advisor mm-hmm. uh, and begin offering that advice. And uh, that business quickly uh, grew and, and morphed into Oxford Asset Management, uh, named after Oxford because of its uh, its wonderful legacy and, and name recognition. As it grew, I started to bring other advisors in uh, as well and teaching and mentoring them uh, in the business and grew to several offices in several states with maybe a, a dozen advisors. And what I found was that over the years, my focus went from being on people and providing good advice and help to people to running the business of the business, mm. right? the book, 
bookkeeping, the technology, the multiple offices and leases and utilities and personnel, human resources. It was just never ending. And for many years, I read the advertisements for the technology solutions. Uh, and I believe their promise that if I bought a particular software, it would uh, save me time, make me more efficient and, and allow me to go back to focusing uh, on people, mm -hmm. which was the important part of our business. And I found that those promises were never true. The more technology I bought, the more people I needed to hire to run the technology I just bought because nobody could figure out how to use it. <laughs> and, and ultimately, in addition to needing people to run the software, I found that none of those softwares talked to each other which meant you had to hire yet another person to enter data into software number one, and then into software number two, and then into software number three, because they didn't talk to each other. So after struggling with this for years, I began to look to outsourcers that provide financial technology and back office support. Uh, I tried a couple of smaller firms, which were not entirely successful, and finally met Jim Cannon, who's now my partner in, in Dynamic Advisor Solutions, and uh, their solution seemed extraordinary because it provided not only all the technology, but the personnel to do all of those things as well. And it included advice and guidance and mentoring and coaching and marketing support. And I thought, this is great. So uh, I became a client of Dynamic and found that all of my problems went away literally overnight uh, when I moved our systems uh, onto their platform and their personnel were doing it. So much so that the day after we completed our transition to their platform, uh, I took my family, hopped in a motorhome and traveled around the country for a year. Uh, and I ran that business, $150 million RIA from a motorhome on a laptop. That's fantastic. <laughs> using a broadband connection because it was so entirely comprehensive in a single cloud-based application. Uh, where all of the data, all the information related to my business was uh, available 24-7, 365 days a year through any device that had an internet connection. So it was extraordinary. So before this, you were advising your customers, you were advising your clients, but at the same time, you were trying to handle all the back office systems, you were trying to handle the uh, processes, the new business process, and probably trying to promote your business as well. And then all of a sudden, you jumped in with Dynamic, and that allowed you to focus purely on the giving of the advice. That, that is correct. And, uh, you know, the other, what we would call uh, soft skills, which was the uh, mentoring and coaching our other advisors, right? So sometimes you grow from a solo advisor to working toward enterprise level. If you have multiple advisors, they need a lot of love and uh, encouragement and training and, and mentoring. And, and that's very difficult to get to. Uh, if you're wrestling with all of the, my partner calls the administrivia. <laughs> trivia. So by getting that off, it, it, it also changes the growth rate of the business because now you're not being sucked underwater by all of the minutiae and administration and able to focus like what you said on, on those clients, but, but think about growth too. Mm. If a business or a company is going to grow, you have to give at least 10 or 20% of your time to strategic thinking about the future and planning. And uh, so we were able to do that. Uh, found that uh, Jim and I had a lot of co in common 
the way we saw the industry, but also ethically, which is it, it, it's really important to both of us uh, that we do the right thing for everybody every day. And uh, that common ground allowed us to put the firms together uh, and, and begin to uh, a new growth path. And, uh, and that's what Dynamic Advisor Solutions is today, basically providing that uh, outsourced solution comprehensively, back office, middle office, technology, marketing, investment management, across the board for advisors. And we're so delighted to, to do that because we see the success of these solo practitioners or pairs, two, three, four uh, teams of advisors, and they're just having extraordinary success once they're freed to realize their potential. And was there a was there a light bulb moment? I mean, obviously, you were a client of Dynamic, um, as you said in, initially, and then you took the decision to go into partnership and 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 help develop the company more. Was there a light bulb moment when you thought, "I I absolutely need to be part of this"? Yes, there there was, and that's a good question, Roger. It, it was, and it had to do with capacity. So mm-hmm. I believe that any business, including a financial advisor, you have inflection points. Uh, of growth, right? Mm-hmm. You start in the industry, you do well, you get a bunch of clients and you're feeling really good about that. And oftentimes an advisor hit, hit a plateau, right? They don't seem to grow forever. Mm. Uh, and definitely not at the same rate. And those inflection points are often capacity. Mm. What capacity you have, whether it's to handle that administrative work or reach a number of people or, or train partners and advisors, whatever it is, you reach those inflection points. I felt like I was really good at sort of what I would call the front end of the business, right? Mm -hmm. The marketing, the uh, personal relationships and training other advisors. But I was just limited in how much of that I could do. Even though Dynamic had taken the administration, there was still a limit to the people that I could surround myself with to continue to grow uh, at a a high double digit rate. Mm -hmm. And so that was the light bulb moment to say that together, Jim and I would have the capacity to grow faster than we would individually. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope my partner would say the same thing. They didn't have a lot of strength in that marketing, promotion, and development part of the business. And so when we came together, um, you know, two plus two doesn't equal four. Two plus two equals twenty-four. Yeah. It, it was definitely a, a good relationship, and, and we've had good results uh, from doing that. And, and it's only been a couple of years, so we're, we're two years into it. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that um, you're offering so much help to financial advisors. But I do, do wonder one thing, and, and, and I'm thinking about myself from a personal point of view here. Um, for a long time with this particular podcast, I used to do absolutely everything. So I'd record these interviews. I would then edit the audio myself. I'd write the show notes. I'd upload the audio to Libsyn and create the web page. And I'd also be trying to work out who's going to be on the show next week, writing to people. Would you like to come on the podcast? Blah, blah, blah. And eventually I got some help from a virtual assistant who started to help me out with these things. But I resisted that for so long until one person told me that I was suffering from something that he called Superman syndrome. And (laughs) basically what that is, is I think I can do everything myself. And of course, you, you need somebody to have a quiet word with you and say, actually, Roger, you doing all of this stuff isn't the best use of your time. You know, you should be out there doing what you're best at, which is the consultancy. And that's where you earn the money. And actually tinkering around editing audio files is, is probably not bringing in as much money as, as, it, as it could be. 
I wonder whether, do you, have you, as you promote dynamic to financial advisors, do you get that same sort of reaction? Hey, I'm, I'm a financial advisor, yes, but I can do all the other stuff as well. Or do, or do people just immediately think, yeah, great, I'll sign up here? Well, it, it's interesting, Roger, you've actually hit on the X factor, right? That That, that is the key variable. Mm. Advisors, not only do they believe they can do everything, many of them are capable. So if I were to say, Roger, are you capable of mm-hmm. editing and marketing and, and going through emails? Yes, you're capable, you're intelligent enough to do it. You're, uh, you know, there, there's a saying by uh, Benjamin Franklin that's often quoted as uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. In reality, the, the, his saying was jack of all trades, master of one. Yeah. And how he described himself. So, so that really is it. You, you're smart enough to do everything, Roger. But the question is, should you, if you want to achieve certain goals? And, and that, uh, your comment connects to, to what I was saying 100%, that if you have goal as a growth rate, let's say, mm. you have to simply solve the problem. You have to put your ego aside. Yes, I can do these things, but I cannot do all these things and grow my business at 50% per year. Mm. I could do all these things and grow my business at 10% per year, but not 50. So it's just a simple decision. You have to put the ego out of it. Uh, you have to not be a control freak and, and decide if that goal of 50% growth is more important than me controlling everything, then I have to make changes. I have to be willing to delegate the things that are not important and in, in order to achieve that. Uh, many advisors in America are very content to not grow, mm-hmm. which is fine too. We call those here lifestyle practices. Yeah. So they, they make a fair living. They have great relationship with their clients. They don't want to grow because they don't want to spend any more time in the business. And that's okay too. Uh, the, the only caution in that is there's a natural attrition rate, right? In the United States, that's six to 8% of your clients will uh, age out mm. or or just naturally leave occasionally. So you have to at least replace that if you want to maintain your business at at status quo. So uh, it it really has to do with goals. So I think we find uh, I do a better job supporting uh, advisors that have an appetite to grow and improve their deliverables to clients than um, advisors who are in that sort of lifestyle mode. They, they, uh, don't want to be bothered, don't want to grow. Yeah, I think that it's it's interesting. There's the same sort of thing happens here in the United Kingdom, and, and that's fine. That's a, that's a business choice. Um, but I do actually find that quite a lot of people, even if they want to grow their business, they're not very strategic about it. Now, my background has always been quite strategic. I'm a massive fan of marketing strategy and and listeners of the podcast know that I get quite cross when people dive straight into the tactics and they start saying, I want to do some social media marketing or I want to do video marketing. I'll ask them, have you got the strategy in place first? And they'll say, oh, forget the strategy. I just don't want to do the exciting bits. But I, I, I do find that, you know, even from a business strategy point of view, even the people that want to grow, they're not defining what the goals are. And as, as we know, if you haven't got the goals, you've got nothing to measure and you've got nothing to hold yourself accountable to. And, and you don't get to make a plan to yeah. get there. Yeah. So uh, you, you're 100% right. We break that growth down into uh, at Dynamic into two areas. It's part of our business system. So business development is, is step one in uh, the seven steps in the business system. So 
in business development, you have really two types of growth. You're, you're mentioning strategic and organic. Yeah. So organic growth is how many clients you can add or how many new assets you can add to your management. What we see from not only our observation, but from uh, various studies uh, nationwide is that the most successful advisors, not the, the average ones, but the best ones, have a growth rate between 18 and 22%. Okay. Um, and I'm averaging the, the Cerulli and the Schwab benchmarking studies, et cetera. So if your goal is to grow 40, 50, or 60%, organic growth is not enough because even the very best firms are growing around 20%. Mm. So you now need to add a strategic growth pattern. So what's the what does strategic growth include? Am I going to partner with another advisor? Am I going to hire an advisor? Am I going to bring a young person in and train them to be an advisor? That's one form of strategic growth. What about merging with another firm or another uh, advisory team? That's another type of strategic growth that somebody can do. Or acquiring an investment advisory business, um, which is really, in the United States, an extraordinarily hot market right now. As a matter of fact, it's almost dominating all of the discussion and all the transactions taking place because we have the, the baby boom demographic aging out. Yeah. So, so many advisors are in their 70s, late 60s and 70s today. Uh, and there's not enough young people behind them to take over. So the acquisition of those practices it is increasing. There's incredible velocity there right now. So uh, for someone who wants to grow, that's a great strategic opportunity to succeed to an aging advisor's practice. Yeah, and, and what you said before was interesting as well, because what Dynamic is doing is it's freeing the advisor up to spend more time on advice, but you also said that people should be spending probably about 20% of the time on the growth activity, looking for new customers, um, referrals, whatever it might be. And and again, you know, this is the sort of thing that I talk to my clients about. Um, but I often find that I fall into that trap. You know, I should be spending at least 20% of my time finding my next consultancy clients, finding my next speaking opportunities. But sometimes you just get bogged down in the day-to-day, the work that you're doing and you, you forget to do it or, or I lapse from the, uh, you know, from the consistency. Um, so it is very important, even if you, because even if you're freeing people up and giving them that space, they have still got to have the discipline to actually do it. They, they do they, uh, give you an interesting example uh, and a saying. So, of course, we say you should spend 80% of your time in the business and 20% of your time working on the business. Mm-hmm. Last week, we had, uh, it was on Friday, uh, an all-day strategic planning meeting with all of our department heads. And it was interesting to watch the body language and the dynamics in the room because these are great talented people, but they're also very busy. Mm. And so they had to basically sit still and not be answering emails or, uh, you know, on their device and sit and think about, think hard about the future of the business. And you could tell, especially the first hour, everybody was just itching to glance at the phone or emails (laughs) or something to to that, because that's just what we're geared toward, right? We're doing all that minutia all day long and to set time aside does take extraordinary discipline. And uh, uh, my partner, Jim, when, when he was starting that discussion, said, I really appreciate you all, you know, putting the whole day aside. It's hard. Yeah. We're busy. We have responsibilities. But 
you know, we did it. And guess what? A lot of good things came from it. Yeah, it's absolutely right. You need to get out of the day-to-day environment. I mean, I, I've, I often make fun of complicated strategic processes, and it's almost a cliche in the United Kingdom, and I've been involved in quite a lot of this myself, where you go and have an away day at some country house in the middle of nowhere, um, and you spend the whole day sticking post-it notes on walls and then rearranging the post-it notes. But actually... It is good to get out of your day-to-day environment because when you're in your day-to-day environment, you, you just can't think creatively because you're always going to get sidetracked by what's important in the business today. Now, obviously, a lot of what Dynamic does is to free up the advisor to do this sort of work, but do you actually help them with the growth side of things as well? Yes, we do, and uh, in, in a number of ways. And so we and, and as I mentioned, that's evolving, right? So marketing has become suddenly very digital, mm. uh, a lot of the traditional things. So so it's evolving. But what we try to do is uh, be a partner with them and either do some of it with them, for them, or uh, what I would say sort of alongside, right? Mm. And that could be in the digital marketing space. It could be in uh, the strategic growth part of it. So I'll give you two examples, right? I was separating organic from strategic growth. So most advisors, especially solo practice, they just want more clients. That's, mm. that's what they're looking for, mm. more assets, more clients. And so we'll help them by literally uh, having a canned website or a canned uh, digital marketing program that includes email and social media that they can literally just subscribe. We're, we're going to put a nice, we're going to put their picture on it. Uh, but the content is provided the uh, the delivery is already done mm-hmm. for them. They can customize it. They can add their own personality or articles. But uh, if they're not able to, then that's already done. So those type of things on the organic growth side, on the strategic growth side, which is mergers, acquisitions, successions, um, we, we are very much a partner with our advisors. For many, it's uncharted territory. So we really become the guide in all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we might show them what uh, sample documents look like. They might need a referral to the attorney and our attorney for documentation, lending source. So we have good referrals for third-party lending sources. If, if it's a larger acquisition, they're going to need more capital than they have available. So we really become their partner. And, and, and quite frankly, most of them would not be able to do it without us. Mm. I, I think that's on both sides of it, Roger, the organic putting together a digital marketing program or a comprehensive marketing program really takes a lot of effort. And it's not that we're smarter uh, or anything like that. We just have a lot more people on the team and a lot more resources. So for the individual advisor, tap into the resources. I was thinking of your description of, you know, the discipline it takes to set time aside for strategic planning. What if you're a solo advisor, you're going to go to the country house and sit in an empty room with your post-it notes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's difficult that solo advisor, it, it's it's really great for those advisors to try to plug in to an affinity group or some other collaborator that they can bounce ideas off of, get encouragement, maybe have accountability. And so we try to provide that. And in, in many ways, I think that technology and services have become ubiquitous, Roger. The mm-hmm. technology is so smart today. It's almost like a commodity. I think the collaboration, the practice management, and the marketing are really the, the things that have the most value to advisors today. Yeah. It's what they need the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And what do you do to market Dynamic itself as a as an operation? What's your what's your marketing strategy for Dynamic? Uh, also, good question. So we kind of take our medicine. It's it, it's very much the same that we have the email, social media, digital marketing program. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between what we do, and even though I encourage our advisors to do it, I, we, we don't have as much adoption as we would like. Uh, but here's a, a really good piece of advice for everyone that's listening, is uh, to use a CRM program, customer mm-hmm. relationship management mm-hmm. program, and a good one. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to deliver uh, emails and social media and that type of thing, but what are you gonna do with that yeah. now, right? You now have to organize, uh, let's say you only got a handful of clicks on something or people that opened an email, What's your plan now to follow up yeah. with 90 plus percent of the advisors that we meet? There's zero plan uh, for what to do next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I, I think there's some uncertainty there. So with a customer relationship management, you're able to track those uh, folks, the prospects, you uh, identify them, do research, uh, monitor those responses, which might just be a click or a like or a question and then have a systematic method for following up. If you look at marketing uh, research papers, white papers, et cetera, it shows the most successful companies in the world, not just in financial advice, have uh, two things that are at the top of their list, right? So of the the dozen tools you can use to grow your business, marketing, et cetera, the two, numbers one and two, are digital media and CRM. You have to have those two things in combination. And once you have a systematic method of follow-up, it really is combining the old-fashioned, right? Mm. Which now that my digital marketing has gotten some some exposure, now it's old-fashioned. Reach out and say hello. <laughs> follow, up, follow up, right, with that person who's maybe not ready and have a systematic method for doing that. Your question was, what do we do? That's what we do. And, and I guess I'm just adding to it that I, I think advisors should do the same. Absolutely. And what would you say was the, the, the what were the biggest challenges that you faced? Because obviously your background was um, financial advice and you've now moved into running a different sort of company, obviously related to financial advice. But what, what would you say the biggest challenges were that you faced since taking on this partnership? Uh, the biggest challenge is always people. Mm. That it's really a very special process, right? Very deep and wide, I should say, to find great people to be on your team. Yeah, uh, We feel like we really have, you know, the very best folks on our team, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not easy. They don't just walk through the door. It's a lot of screening. It's a lot of looking, it's recruiting, it's getting to know them. Uh, that process is the number one challenge and 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 i don't think we're alone i was talking with some of the folks at fidelity we were at uh, a conference and actually it for a city it was promoting a municipality and they had representatives from six of the colleges in that city they're talking about all of their their programs for delivering great graduates uh, to the community and uh, all of the investment firms and fidelity at the same time were communicating to the colleges we cannot hire the people we need. Mm. We need great, qualified, young students. And it was a fascinating debate to see that the the goals that the universities had for training students was not what people 
needed. There, it wasn't what uh, the employers really needed. And so, so that is the biggest challenge. Uh, I would tell you this, if I could surround myself with a hundred people of the quality that we have in dynamic today, mm-hmm. we could build the largest investment firm in the world. That, that is the one, if you surround yourself with great people, qualified, uh, honest, ethical people, you grow at, at an extraordinary rate, your business. Now, the question you've just answered may also be the answer to the next question. <laughs> I'll ask it anyway. What's the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from all the experience you've had building your financial advisor firm first and obviously now in partnership with Dynamic? I, I think the, the goal is that you really can do it. To really believe that you can grow that business, you can fashion it into what you want it to be. If uh, maybe growth and, and additional revenue is not your goal, it's the quality of advice and, and the degree of help you're able to provide uh, to your clients that uh, you can do it. Make a big dream, then make a plan to achieve it and execute on that plan. You absolutely can do it. Find the help, find the support, the people that are willing to get behind you and do it, uh, and then go for it. This has been a fascinating discussion this afternoon, Jim. Again, it highlights to me the vital importance of strategic thinking, of setting goals, knowing where you want to go, and making sure you measure that journey and the plan on getting to that goal. But also, it's about spending the time, having the discipline to grow your business and as the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast know, this is a subject that comes up time and time again, but I don't think we can say it often enough. So thanks for coming on the show. Jim, I'm hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch with you and find out a little bit more about Dynamics. So what's the best way that people should get in touch? Just uh, Google www.dynamicadvisorsolutions.com. You'll find uh, information about Dynamic, but also my contact information is there. If you want to reach out, say hello or ask a question, happy to hear from you. Fantastic. I'll include the links to the website and probably your LinkedIn profile as well in the show notes for the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Jim, been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. As we said earlier, it's getting towards the end of my day, but it's still the beginning of your day. So have a great day and hopefully we'll bump into each other again in the near future. Thank you, Roger. It was a great pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.